By pressing play, you've been transported to a dimension where there will be no apologies given for the ridiculous and random comments made by your host and their guests. Thank you for listening and enjoy the experience. We are Supernatural. We are back. Are you ready? For episode 22 of the most ridiculously random pop culture podcast in the 719. Yo, Yo where the, the captions at? at? Yo, baby. Yo, baby, where they at, baby? Yo, baby. Yo, baby, where they at, baby? Yo, baby. Where them captions at? Ayy, where them captions at? Yay, better be with that walk that wet ass podcast coming out here, popping out. Don't you know, juggernaut? Yeah, we ain't stopping now. K Marco got that Flint Marco flow, so you know it's dirty from the south with the mouth. Ayy, yep. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm yours truly, Kels for Show, aka No Luther, all Vandros. And joining me today is my bro host, of course. You know who it is, Roscoe, aka Always Klaus, because I need to be high from the world today. All right. <laughs> and joining us today, always, is our boy, the five of it all, the, the glue connecting it, also the Ben, because he's dead inside, but. That's neither here nor there. Daniel Witter D. Rojas. Oh my God, that Luther Novandros killed me. Yo, that's, that's what so took me so long. Out. I realized, well, I have an AKA. I had to think for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and right now you might hear a chime in from a bit or two joining us on the show is uh, Michelle. Hey. No intro. You might know her from this podcast and the main one, Escaping Podcast. Yeah, baby, yeah. Yeah, baby, yeah. And before we get into the main subject, let's, let's talk about our weekend. Because today, normally, we have a guest, so we're technically guestless. But that will never stop us from doing what we do best. And that's being mm-hmm. our fabulous selves. How was your weekend, kind fellow friend, Kelsey? Oh, shit was chill. It was pretty much the norm. Worked on Saturday, worked Friday. Uh, Until you found out somebody was drinking your drink called Kelsey. Oh, thank you for that little input, Michelle. Like, I didn't want to talk about that yet. But, you know, because this is um, Colorado Springs, some of our listeners don't live here. So, long story short, our favorite bar, Supernova, which is our cheers, has a secret menu drink called the Kelsey, named after the one and only, the ones right here. And, you know, Daniel and his lady friend partook. I haven't had a good bar. Because you don't go to bars, so that'd be kind of hard for you to do. (laughs) (laughs) But you had to go out. To get it in you. It was like a plug-in for, oh, not at a bar. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, like, you will have one. You will be out. But, um, yeah, I did that. Um, hung out with everybody here for the most part outside of Michelle. But prior to this weekend, um, went camping for the first time. Long story short, it was all right. Well, it would have been fine if I wasn't stalked by a bear for five hours. So it was fine. You got to ask. Yeah, I gotta ask your roommate, Kev, how his first camping trip was, because I took him on his first camping trip. Yeah, I will, too, but I'm pretty sure he didn't have a bear walking around his tent for five hours sniffing and shit, which had me paranoid as fuck, Mm. but I survived. Now I'm here. Everybody else? Weekends? Uh, you know, my usuals. D&D Saturday with Mr. Rojas. I do it up. I do it up. And, uh, mm, last time since I did tell y'all. Your boy became a wear bear. You told him last week. Did I? Yes, I, I don't know. Like everybody else, he likes to bring it up. I love so to brag. It's your yeah. podcast. Talk about the shit you want to I talk about. I do Tell him one more time about the wear bear. Wear bears, baby. It's when a full moon you don't turn into a werewolf, you turn into a bear. It's great. Are I, you a, a polo wear bear or you a black bear? I don't know, bear? brown bear. Okay. You know, a good old grizzly. Right. Is it, yeah, grizzly's brown. Is he brown? Yeah, they definitely brown. I know they ain't black. It's the yogi of the tribe. Also, in this campaign, I was able to travel to their last campaign's world, technically. And, you know, I learned some, some, some cool, sweet things. I aged up, lost my wings because, you know, I'm a tiefling. Didn't have them, but now I'd had them. So, you know, my... My team members had to see me older, then witness me lose some abilities, then just sit here and just be like, oh, that's cool. Haven't gotten the questions yet because we still in the midst of some other shit. Since I came back and re-brought them back to life. Word, Dan. Uh, yeah, good weekend. Drink a couple Kelsey's with, as you said, a lady friend. Yeah, um, I can't be discreet, y'all. Oh, we did celebrate a few birthdays over the weekend. I did not because I wasn't there. But Tyrese yeah, Friday. Oh yeah, we literally Just the kidding. few birthdays we did. We were on yeah, Friday, like I said, like, and Nigga, yeah. I'm old. I, 
Don't even know what I did this weekend, really. That's why I kept that shit short. Like, oh, yeah, we did do, do that whole thing. It was your birthday? No, 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 no. no, no it was no, my no. cousin's birthday and then one of our homegirls. Girl, you birthday. know it was my birthday. Goddamn, it, Dick. Shut your face. Hung out with a lady friend. Had some friends point out that whole thing. No, you um, no not point out. <laughs> I observed and took full appliance of what we observed. You observed me and someone enjoying each other's company. Mm-hmm. Um... And I know I, I know I only do this on escaping, but if anyone listening out there has any interest, I am uh, into everyone, male, female, non-binary, trans, doesn't matter. I'm Demi. Let's do this. But He's then a man also, don't do it. But then also, uh, DM'd for Roscoe and uh, some of my roommates, and uh, that was a really fun time. They fell for every trap that I threw at them. It's good. So let's talk about what's popping. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and start this off. You know. We don't try to be the political pundits or anything like this, but this is very important to me. The first black, but also I didn't think about that because, you know, once you're any type of black, no matter what you mix with, they're going to say black. But also first Asian female um, vice presidential candidate was selected by Joe Biden. And I just felt like that was the obvious choice. And also... She should have been the nominee for the Democratic Party, but that's neither here nor there. I just think that that's dope. And the message that they're sending out there to not just women, but also women of color is like, yo, you could do your thing, girl. Be strong, be smart, stand by your morals. Because somebody's always going to think you're wrong when you feel like you're right and vice versa. And it's just going to be interesting and sad. <laughs> See how this shit all unfolds? Because I don't like none of this shit. Yeah, that's a cool thing. I mean, yeah, she has her issues. I mean, can't front on that. But the fact of the matter is she's still a nominated black Asian woman, no matter how bad her record is. I mean, she has her issues. Everybody has their issues. But it's one of those things, like, I am it even more hilarious at the fact that Donald Trump's just like, oh, you're going to vote you're going to, Biden added somebody that isn't for him, doesn't follow how he follows his views, this, that, and the third, and he talks trash about him. Who could work with somebody like Joe Biden when literally everything he stated is the same exact thing of what happened when he got voted in? He talked shit about Ted Cruz, talked shit about his wife, Ted Cruz working with him, called Lindsey Graham trash, called him all this and that. Say he will never work with Lindsey Graham. They go golfing almost damn near every other weekend. I'd like to throw in, and this is not political, this is just a joke, but I think the best person to run with Joe Biden is either a scratch and sniff sticker or a Febreze <laughs> air freshener. Funny. And once again, the old adage of the friend, the enemy of my enemy is my, my friend. friend. And yeah. And once and always, we would never tell you who to vote for, but we would always say, be educated, do your research, and do what's right for you. And everybody, Facebook is not your news. <laughs> no, it's yes, not. Yes, Neither yes, is this podcast. Nope. <laughs> not yet. <yes. laughs> Anything social media related. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Go into the real world, talk to real people, make real decisions. If everybody. you think diverse parties can't get along, you're in the wrong yeah. podcast, because we do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of diverse cast, mm. or maybe not, because maybe this is the reason why this shit is a ha- Well, they departed from the series. Mm. The, both creators of the Avatar The Last Airbender animated series has left the Netflix live action series due to creative differences. And that has sent the Avatar fandom in an uproar. They already, of course, canceled the show now. This is going to be worse than the movie. Yada, yada, yada. And I just feel like I just need to watch it. Like, Maybe with anything. I didn't, I didn't even follow that. I didn't know that was a thing right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, that's what the show's for. <laughs> we'll let you know some shit you didn't even want to know about. But I'm always like, let me see the product before I jump off the ledge and maybe make an accurate and informed decision about said topic. Uh, how do you feel about that, Ross? I mean, I'm kind of with, like, I don't want to sound like I'm kind of one of those diehards, but I am kind of one of those diehards. It's just... We've seen what happened when they weren't involved with the live-action movie. Exactly. And literally everybody was like, if they were just involved, they could have put some input and a few things could have changed and the M. Night Shyamalan movie could have been great. Now, we thought Netflix did something right. Now we kind of find out, like, 
yo, they're not really agreeing with them. So it's like, it's another thing behind the curtain. Like, Netflix might be still kind of TV-wise and big business-wise on control with other people's IP, even though they're giving them a platform with it. So it's just like, if y'all ain't really just letting the creative people just be them, then what are y'all doing? I mean, like, y'all literally let Selena Gomez and them do whatever they want with his 13 reasons. And look what y'all got. Y'all now had, y'all had the perfect thing with a live action avatar. And now the creators left. And with the creators gone, it's just like, what are we going to do? And now I have like even more worries. Like, this is another one of those things that's like, we lost Sensei, which was a great show. In between, uh, between that's technically just- that's gone because this Ain't no real talks about that or any yeah. update info. That shit been limbo longer than magic. Bruh, there's so many good shows that they had <laughs> that only got like one or two seasons. Oh, the OA? Let's not... Cause that, that third season, the OA was about to What's go. gonna be great. And like, y'all just cancel it. So it's just like... Travelers. Y'all I still have, have to watch the second season of OA. Ooh, girl. Get girl, on. you missing out. <laughs> and it's just like so much, so much of y'all good content is just lost in the... In the void because y'all don't know what y'all want to do with it or not many people are watching it or not many people are talking about it. But yet y'all also, Netflix, y'all don't really promote all y'all stuff like y'all doing. Like, currently they're promoting their good stuff. But those are the ones they're wasting millions of dollars for. Extraction. Project Power. But yet y'all got all these other good shows that y'all can still waste. Like, uh, You have to understand, I feel like... Not to cut you off, but a lot of these platforms are getting ready for political agendas, and so that's what they're promoting right now. I don't. Well, well, well Netflix they only promoted their two biggest shows with their two, well, not even shows, movie with their biggest stars currently, the Chris Hemsworth and this and this latest movie, Project Power with Jamie Foxx, and it's just like. Yeah, that's cool that y'all are promoting these two big movies, but it's like people are only going to watch those for like the weekend. It's only going to be in the top 10 for maybe a week or two. Some of y'all Netflix original shows stay up there for like two, three weeks. Like literally their biggest thing that they've promoted without really having a big promotion and cross-branding is Curse. Like I can honestly say they have a crossover with an MMO called Curse. Literally the first week after Curse dropped, they did it for their mobile version. And then last as of like probably last week, the beginning of this month, they did it they brought that crossover event to consoles and it's all the way to like the twenty sixth. They See, could do something small like that. And you bring that up, but I, I there's always different factors. I believe it all depends on what they feel like they have. Cause, hit shows, Because yeah. I feel like the main reason Curse got pushed was because of the Hannah Baker effect. And yeah, That's one and of the most a- popular shows on there. It stars her. But then you have a movie like John Henry with Terry Crews. He's popular. Ludacris, one of the most popular rappers in the game. But you didn't promote that because also I know they knew that movie was hot. But... They promoted <laughs> they the the thing with John Henry is they promoted They didn't they promote didn't, it like Curse. That's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't promote like Curse, they didn't promote it like Yeah, but I was saying like cause what you talking about like the the Hollywood stars, like that movie had a star. Even with um uh, what Coffee and Kareem with Taraji P and Old Buddy, like they like could have promoted that too, but they did I so. can honestly say those two had promos, but they weren't as big as like how extraction and no, no, we're saying the same power thing. are. We're saying the same thing, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. like Warrior Nun. Based off a comic novel. And they still failed it. Like, yeah. Like, it was the same thing. I just feel but like the, thing that the stars that they got for the film just weren't big enough for it. And there's still a platform for it. And the thing that I would also say is like, even with the ones that they failed for, they have a longer standing in the trending compared to like the big ones that they did. Like, I can honestly say Project Power... It's probably going to drop off the top 10 by probably next week. You said it because we didn't watch that. That shit might be going hard. So. It's going hard. I'm not going to lie. I gotta it's going watch hard. It. I, I, I mean, it's, we probably watched it's number movie. one for a reason, but it's just like, yeah, that's number one for a reason, but y'all teenage bounty hunter that dropped the same day, it's number four. It's probably going to stay number four, probably jump up to number two, probably drop down to number eight. 
probably jump back up, but it's going to fluctuate without the week. With power, it's going to probably stay at one for like probably this rest of this week. And then probably hit eight and then drop off. Yeah, and a lot of that does with, goes with marketing too because I st- just thought about Old Guard. Old Guard had a decent amount of exposure, but after it became a hit, that's when they went and started talking about the diversity in the female cast, which I respect because they were like, all right, you like it. Now let's tell more people why you should fuck with it instead of like birds of praying and throwing it down your face for it not to be and, the movie they had you to believe it was. And for you, they, that that went that way. The reason why I kind of went to watch it, Old Guard, is because they promoted it like that too, like the day before. Yeah, see, that's the day a, before release. Yeah. And I found out like directed by a female, the... uh Staff, like majority of the production team, or a good portion of the production team, was females that liked that, that loved action movies, that always wanted to work on set with an action movie, just wasn't given that chance. And I'm just like, yeah. oh shit, then yeah, I'm even gonna support this more. But Chad is like, oh, I'm supporting a good movie, but Chad is also a good movie produced by females, and it's not bad where that's the conception of. Female produced movies and female anywhere where majority of the staff is females, it's not going to come out right. No, Ogar proves that trope wrong. Well, and not to mention the fact that Charlize, Charlize Theron is becoming the action hero yeah. that we deserve and is actually kicking a lot of ass. And like you just said, it wasn't like, it's like we've talked about on Escaping where it's not shoving an agenda down your throat. Mm. It's like, no. It's just you, being a movie. It's, it's just being it's a just movie. Being, well, and speaking of and speaking movie. of women kicking asses, let's talk about these women in the WWE world, Ross. What's been going on with that? What, what news you got to, to tell uh, us about that? Outside, the only real crazy news I have beside that is Sonya Deville uh, over the weekend uh, had an attempted robbery where... I mean, not attempted robbery. Kidnapping. But an attempted kidnapping where... Some dude who's been stalking her for years. Wait, in real life? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, sorry, like real oh. life, yeah. Some dude's been stalking her for years via Twitter, found her address, and tried to kidnap her, and the cops were formed and captured him, and he explained this. And, uh, but past real life and not in kayfabe world, in the world of wrestling, over the, well, coming up this Sunday at SummerSlam, Oscar will be fighting for both female singles belts, as well as WWE announced that after this Sunday, next Sunday will be their next pay-per-view. So technically within two weeks, we will have two pay-per-views. SummerSlam, their WrestleMania of the summer, and then we'll be having payback that next Sunday. A lot of people speculated that it was going to be WWE's Women's Evolution Part 2, but... It came to find out that we're not having an all-women's theme wrestling and event, a pay-per-view event. As well as this Saturday at NXT TakeOver 30, Adam Cole will be fighting former NFL player Pat, McKee, Pat McAfee. Sorry for my pronunciation. Y'all know how I am. And uh, as well as Io Shirai will be defending her belt against Dakota Kai. Low-key hoping Dakota Kai beat her. Yes, Kelsey, is there anything you want to say? Yes, there is, because we're about to wrap this portion up real quick and explain that you can pronounce all these Japanese names and movies, hey. but you can't hey. pronounce no Irish shit. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the Irish, this has nothing to do with the Irish. <laughs> Blink-182 dropped a new song over the weekend called Quarantine, Ooh. and it sounds just like a Blink-182 quarantine song. It sounds so fucking early 2000s, and I just feel like... <laughs> it made me happier than it Also, you have heard it. Quarantine, oh my God. it fucking sucks. I don't want to be in the house. Something along those lines. Um, The Killers, my third favorite band of all time, dropped yes. a new single. Yes. Last of a Dying Breed. My second favorite group of all time, Linkin Park, has a new single called She Couldn't, off the 20th anniversary of Hybrid Theory, coming hey. out this year. Mm. It's just too hard for me to listen to. Where, like you know, yeah, always R.I.P. to Chester. And if you want to listen to these songs in their entirety, of course, listen to YWDC8. You know, on Spotify, there's always going to be a link for that. Because, you know, we fucks with music. And we want you to fuck with the music Nobody we fuck with. Nobody else finds it that hard to listen to. Oh, that. we do. I do, too. I, just I, mean, I, haven't, listened. <laughs> I haven't listened to the new Linkin Park Do you remember in yet. high school at Brock's house? Do you ever look at his door and it said Michelle Bennington? 
Aww. That was me. That was me with Nelly Furtado picture in my locker room that she got pregnant. It was and then I wanted hard. to burn the world down. That was it's me hard. with Kirstie Alley. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you good, girl. You can cut me off. I grow back strong. I'm Hydra here. And also, like to give out an RIP to ROH's second champion, world heavyweight champion, Xavier. He passed away over the weekend. His real name, John Bodega. Wait. Hmm? Yeah, not that John Boyega. No, I'm just saying, like, that's what I'm saying. John Boyega, but not John Boyega. Diego, there you go. Oh, All right. my God. Those little letters, those little <laughs> letters. I was like, oh, shit. My heart. That's odd. But yet, he, he also, too, was black. I know. <laughs> I can tell by the name. So that's going to bring uh, into Yo, What's Poppin'. And we're going to leave you guys with a little break to tell you about some things that's coming to the network real soon. So we'll get back to you about what we're geeking out about. How's it going, guys? This is Daniel. And Kelsey Show, a.k.a. Kelsey Greer. And today we're going to give you a little introduction to a new show that's coming to our network. Our network is growing and we're really excited about what's happening. But instead of us telling you about the show, we figured we'd let the hosts of it bring you in on what's coming up. Guys? All right. Hey, guys. Uh, we are Three Guys, Ten Eyes. Uh, just three guys. Two of us wear glasses. Simple math. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just are going over... Simple entertainment topics, pop culture, sports, music, interviews, and stuff like that as well for the local scene. Yeah, we're just going to try to bring up the community. If you have anything that you're starting up, your career, we'd like to have you on the show. Just hit us up. We have Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Yeah, all of those at three guys, uh, ten eyes. Ten eyes. Word. And do you want to give us the uh, names individually, or is this one collective? Is this, an like an an, yeah, is this an anonymous thing, or are you all three attached like a Cerberus? Uh, well, <laughs> we are all three attached at the hip. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of like Siamese, to Siamese twins. I have to say. Them hips don't lie, though. Well, yeah. it's actually more hips than could lie. Uh, unfortunately, we have very small hips, so we're just literally... <laughs> like an Instagram model. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, I go by Young Pyramid. Uh, I also make music, so check me out well, on what that. What type of music do you make? I make hip-hop uh, and like alternative hip-hop. Do you play live instruments or is it just like... No, it's bad. it's all like he beats the and then I make my own lyrics and yo, I rap. Yeah, we might have to talk, bro. We might have to talk. <laughs> no, we will talk. So when can we expect uh, to hear from you guys next? Uh, we are posting every Tuesday. We go live right now on Facebook. Uh, that'll be going on every Sunday and probably for another three weeks. Uh, and that's on my on my Facebook, Derek Shreve. You want to go? We have his down? name now. Okay, yeah. Write that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My social my my social is six six six. So hit me up. <laughs> Dude, we just lost our whole Christian following. <laughs> no, 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 no. On this network, I think you just no, they, built some more. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You can't believe Fair in enough. God while believing in the beast, baby. Cool, cool. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, I'm what, Ultimate uh, Dusty. Uh, I just do gardening and oh, gaming. Right. Yeah. What type oh, of gardening? All kinds, man. We got pumpkins growing, watermelon what? growing. Because I've been trying to grow some collard greens. My garden's been fucking up lately, but then again, I haven't put too much intensity. Okay, to yeah, it. I ain't, we haven't uh, tried no collard greens, but we got kale and lettuce and all that good stuff okay. coming in. Uh, just today, we harvested some cucumbers and tomatoes. Hey, yo, you grow some tomatoes, give them to me when they're green. I'm frying them some bitches up. Same you can way probably do that with the yeah the, the abusive husband. Exactly, yeah, always. <laughs> and uh, you. <laughs> Uh, I'm Christian. I don't rap or garden. I just work at a grocery store. Damn, yes. <laughs> you are a fucking man. The everyday essential. person. Yep. Yes. Yeah, too essential. Sometimes, <laughs> too essential. <laughs> so we're looking forward to having you guys on the network. And I know that you listening out there right now, I can't tell you how exciting this is, how fucking wet you should be getting. <laughs> don't do that. I did. I'm, I'm dripping. <laughs> I'm honestly a little scared. You're going to around here? Should be. Yeah, no, no. A healthy dose of fear will always keep you alive. It's, it's kind of just one of the rules of the network. You come in here, we all get naked, we record, and it's good to be a little afraid. So, <laughs> saves you on AC costs, too. The fact that we are in a basement and it's cooler does not help the fact that I'm still sweating. Um, we have them coming onto the network starting next month. Be ready, because it's going to get crazy. Guys, thanks for being here, and... Uh, Let's get back to the show. Exactly. And thank you for listening to that. We are back and we are geeking out. Geeking, and today, geeking. that subject is going to be the Umbrella Academy. Netflix's mm. own. Because season two mm. came out a couple of weeks ago. I finally finished that shit. Finally. And now we get to talk about it. And if you're not familiar with it, it's created by Gerard Way. 
um, lead singer of My Chemical Romance, one of the greatest emo bands of all time. Also found out this week, he's also Joe Rogan's cousin. Huh. Also found out yeah. just today that he also wrote for Joy, uh, Killjoys. Word. And yeah, and which uh, is a sci-fi ri- original. Oh, the sci-fi series. Yeah. Oh shit, word! I never fucked with it, but that shit did. And it's still ongoing too. Word, cause sci-fi do got that one show with the black shorty going through space and doing shit. That's that the current new one that they're doing that they just dropped. Uh, yeah. Magician. Well, technically replacing magicians. The magician still ain't. No, it came out either. Monday. It's come. No, that comes out Wednesdays instead word. of Mondays. And yeah, Umbrella Academy came out under Dark, dark Horse. And it was a dark horse, like pun intended, because it kind of flew under the um, flew under the wave of shit, under the radar, I should say, just like kind of like My Chemical Romance did. If you went into that scene, but of course they had their pop True. hits that you either are familiar with or you're True. not, and that's cool. But we're here to talk about the TV series. True. So, where do we want to dive in? I mean, did you want to get into it? We could give them the basic. Synopsis and then get into it, baby. Daniel, will you want to give them a quick synopsis, real quick? Yeah, uh, on the the first of September, nineteen eighty nine, forty three infants, uh, well, actually forty three women become pregnant that exact day and are at full term. Mm. They were not pregnant before that, mm. and forty three infants are inexplicably, inexplicably born to random, unconnected women. And this guy, Reginald Hargreaves, goes and <laughs> tries to buy some of them because he's like, "You don't want this kid. I'll take this kid." He knew, for whatever reason, that they would be extraordinary. Exactly. He puts together a, a team of what he calls heroes, because there are forces in the world that need combating, and there need mm. to be heroes. Now, the stress he puts on those kids, are it, it's, it's rough, but they each have an individual, unique ability. Yes, and he brings them to, into his home, which he calls the Umbrella Academy. Yes. A la Charles Xavier School for the Gifts with Youngsters and X-Men, and kind of like... A series I'm gonna mention later on uh, Doom Patrol with the Chief, but they all. It's, it's interesting to see that. Um, is it a trope? I guess when the older, the older male figure brings in these kids, these kids for his own, for his own objective and uh, his own ideologies, and just to see how these kids grow up and evolve into their own people and adults, and realize most of the time, adults are full of shit, and you never really care about us more, more or less. We were your tools for your own agenda. It's a little bit of a trope, I'll say. Yeah. And one of the things that goes with it is... Them being old white men as well. Well, sure. But and like, wheelchairs. But, you know, <laughs> but the, the person who adopts these kids or brings them in or whatever it is, makes them their ward, has an idea of what justice should be mm. and how these kids need to do it. And again, that's where the expectations on these children are crazy. Exactly. Because like, <clears throat> just like at an academy, they have like school uniforms instead of costumes, which are... Which are dope and legit, cause like with the X Men, you know they had the blue and gold. But me for but for me, I prefer the um, gold and black, like in X Men First Class, the comic book. But they all have uniforms, cause they are a, a singular team. And I also like the fact that they wore the domino mask and actually had their eyes white out, like you would see in the comic book, a la Deadpool in the movie, which I thought was dope too. Well, and what you should know about the kids is each one has their own set ability. You've got Luther uh, with super strength. Because in the comic book, he had his head literally put on that of a and straight it was, gorilla, it was gorilla body. yeah, straight up yeah, gorilla body. Yeah. But in the Netflix series, they switched it up and made it more like an experimentation gone awry. Then, he was injected it with spirit, with monkey blood, which mutated his body. Exactly. Yes. And so throughout this, you're hear us call him by number and name besides five. But for example, Luther is one, yes. and like we said about his abilities, then number two would be Diego. And he has like this uncanny aim, and he's able to kind of like manipulate uh, the forces around whatever he's throwing or whatever's coming towards exactly. him. Exactly. And three was Ross. Uh, and three was Allison, who had mind control by saying, "I heard a rumor." Oh, and that's and the craziest part because I think uh, you even hear the rumor has it. Yeah, you do. Some <laughs> Adele. Yes. And he had number four, Klaus, who had the ability to talk to the dead and also raise them up. And also had the ability to talk um, to their astral forms. And also, you come to find out in season two, if you're not familiar with the comic books, if you're a ghost, you can actually inhabit his body, a la Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Swayze. And then you have number five, who doesn't have a name. But he has space and time travel. And his story is possibly the richest. His story alone could have been a series unto itself. 
And with number six, Ben, he had the ability to summon uh, tentacles, uh, summon tentacle monsters from another dimension. Through his chest. But we also come to realize when we're being introduced to Ben, Ben has already died. Well, technically, when we're really more introduced to the characters after, like, they first introduced them as kids, Ben has already died. The group has disbanded. But the only one that can see Ben is Klaus. And Ben can also still possess his powers while being in the astral plane of a ghost. Which was very fascinating, too, because I forget that he died at a young age. So when he's, been, he's been dead for, like, 16 years and like just watching the show and it's like time trope this is like I just forget that element till it was brought up in episode and uh, season um season two towards the end I was like oh shit you haven't seen her since you died only person that being on the scene was Ben so that's the first time in like 16 years you have to talk to your sister quote unquote and that would be number seven Vanya played mm-hmm. by Ellen Page aka Kitty Pride. And she had, like, this destructive ability, which I thought was just telekinesis, like a cure, but it was like a manipulation of psionic, uh, sonic vibrations that she could convert into light, destructive force energy. So that made her the most powerful character on the show. And, yeah, and she's basically the reason why shit always go awry. And it's one of those things, too, it's like, do you keep a bomb if you never know when it's going to go off? But you also know that at one point in time, it it's going to come go in handy. Off. Exactly. So, with that being said, now we told you all about the characters. Like, what are some of the things that you like most about the series, Ross? Well, we're actually missing two, well, technically three other key, key characters. No, I'm just talking about the main. Outside the Yeah, no, I'm just talking about the main kids. Because we could be here talking about all the characters. I was just talking just about, about just, like, the moms. Like, I wouldn't even consider a main character in that She series. was highly important in season one. And made uh, even more important since season two, since we found out that she was actually a real thing instead of a robot. Well, yeah, that was like the most important part to her character. But then we could talk about like um, as well as how old buddy the what's his name? Uh, what's the dude uh, name? Monocle. Oh, Reginald Hargreaves. As well as I would say the monkey too. Pogo. Put some Pogo. respect on Pogo's name. And then you got um, Hazel and Cha Cha. Then you got Shorty that works in the bureau. The commission. The handler. The fucking yeah, commission. Them. Which, as, the someone, as someone who loves Doctor Who, uh, appreciates that the timeline has to be restored and res- preserved, but even in Doctor Who, there was a bunch of people who would kill like people in history, like Hitler, a week before they were supposed to die so they could take over their body and punish them. But the commission is like an even more insidious version of that. Well, it's really more of the handler... Who ran the commission because of what her agenda was? Because technically, she wanted, to, she was running everything her way. Then things happened with five and season one, and then also season two with the, with the resistance, and everything. So anything's possible now with the time travel bureau. This is true, exactly, and it's one of the things too, like. Because depending on how you structure your time travel in the series and we introduce it, it could really fuck up the series. But since we've been low-key dealing with it from Jump Street, I'm almost fine with it. And it's a main point. They have their rules, their fundamentals, and it's just not no willy-nilly. Like, oh, I'm the only one. Like, nah, bruh. Nah, we got a whole system, whole structure. And and not to jump to the end, but in the uh, last episode of season two, when all those commission folks... Show up on the you know in the final, the final battle. Yeah, you see all these different different heads, kind of like Hazel and Chacha had, but like a shit ton of random ones, and I love that. Yeah, it's like that's one of the things too I do like about the series the most. Like it's a different take over the normal superhero um, gear show. Like you think it's gonna be all, yeah, we're gonna save the day, we're gonna have a good time, we're gonna get along with kids and powers. Like wrong. The more realer it is, the better for me because it's like no nah, shit's gonna get fucked up. People die like Ben died. Like, Loki was like the Thunderbird of the whole group. And that death affected everybody in different ways. It been, but then you realize how much it does affect people because they don't harp on that too much, once again, because it's been so long. So you think they got past it. But it's like, nah, man. Like, sh- Ben's gone, man. Ben's death <laughs> and the fact that they have pure dad issues. Well, they all have dad, dad issues, issues in one way or another. It's so different from each other. But yet they just was like... They really want to try to point out, it's like, oh, only one in 
only Luther and Diego got daddy issues. No. And it's just like, no. All of them got daddy issues. Because speaking of that, go more into Diego's daddy issues. Because that was the one that was like more front and center, especially well, season two. Season two is front and center because of the pure fact that Diego really just dislikes their dad and thinks their dad just made them what they are and he wants to prove well as well as in this time he finds they find out that like their dad is during there during the Kennedy murder. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. yeah the Kennedy murder the assassination, so yeah. He realizes he's on this one path while season one showed us like Luther's daddy issues where mm-hmm. Luther was sent yes. to the dark side of the moon ten years ago and he thought he had it was all because of some mission and something important. So he comes back to Earth and just is on a whole. My dad sent me to the moon. I got to find out reason why. Oh, this is why. Blah, blah, blah. Only to come to find out. His dad just sent him on the dark side of the moon just because. Well, and, I, and even pointing out a character as complex as Five, yes. who is older, who's gone through all that. You're like, he knows who Hargreaves is. But then in season two, when he's sitting down with him. You see that little boy. You see the one who did not know his dad and even had to, had to apologize saying, I was I awful, man. I'm sorry. I should have listened. Yeah. That's an old person finally being able to reconcile with the person who they should have trusted. And, and that's crazy. I don't want to make that analogy like I, uh, I've said before. It's like being young, you're young. You don't think about the future because you're in the now. And once you get older, if you have this, the blessing of being able to age and mature, you start to do things and realize things differently. Like, for example, watching older movies or just watching TV programs. Now, you start agreeing with the parents. When you start doing shit like that, like, oh, damn. Now I'm sounding like my parents at their age because now I'm at their age. And sometimes being a kid, you just don't know how fucked the world is. Right. Being an adult, being a person isn't easy. So sometimes you have to make the best choice and sometimes that choice is shitty. But it needs to be made. And well, another person that had even more serious daddy issues, Valley, uh, Vanya. Vanya. She's, she's being drugged, also getting her memories right, and getting her prayer, and like literally being mind controlled by a little sister who was going through guilt of not yes. knowing why she was doing that because her dad just kept telling her to do it. Well, and Ben says it best in uh, that episode in season two where he's like, Dad was shitty. He treated like you a bomb. Like treated you like a bomb before you ever went off. And kind of like what you're saying, it's like when I go back and rewatch Malcolm in the Middle. When I was younger, yeah. I related with <laughs> Malcolm, Reese, and Dewey. You would. And then when I hit like my college ages, I was like, oh man, Francis, I get you. And now that I'm about to be thirty, I'm like, yo, Hal and Lois, you guys are doing your best. Really? Y'all are just out here raising kids, especially boys, is stressful. And it's funny that you bring up the fact that Ellen Page character Vanya was dealing with mind manip- manipulation from her father and vice versa. Similar to how the Kitty Pride grew up idolizing idolizing Charles and then being like, Charles, you're a dick, and also had her mind manipulated by another telepath as well. Yes. So those things happening because being from that perspective, he was trying to do what he thought was best for her, but not realizing. No, you need to treat her like a person. And then by doing all that shit to her, isolating her, this, that, and third, the world ends. Because you just couldn't love her. Or at least find a better way to help her be who she is. He was afraid. A la to like Jean Grey and Professor S. Like, I'm a subdue the phoenix. I'm going to wipe your mind so you don't even know this thing here. Put up blocks. Not tell you, then be surprised when them cracks happen. Well, and me having now, I'm rereading the Ultimate X-Men series having read the original X-Men series, you know, you see those parallels and it's like, it's like almost like in every universe, Charles or whoever is uh, mentoring Gene is going to be like, oh, this is too much. Yeah. And that's how you create your own villain. That's how you make a villain out of Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> they did kind of create him too. They did. They kept fucking on. You are this, you are that. Well, guess what? I'm no, about to be. be. I got a pocket full of Horcons. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about, I think, low-key... Is everybody's fav- uh, fan favorite character? Klaus. Exactly. Yes. And what is it about Klaus to you, Ross, that makes him so magnetic or what draws people into him? I think the thing that makes Klaus so great is the pure fact that he's like probably the closest person that, yeah, I have powers, but I don't want to really use them. 
I'm struggling with what's going on with the world. And I'm also just like having to deal with everything that's going around with me. And the only thing that calms me down is being high right now because it disconnects me from the world and my thoughts. The fact that Ben's tag along with him, trying to be his sober partner, but just, just be his brother. And Ben was totally Klaus's Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, and it's just, he went through so much. The fact that, like, he came out gay, he lost his gay partner during the Vietnam war. Vietnam. Content. Klaus lost his little brother Ben at a young age, who was the closest to him. And it's just... He did, and he hated everything, and also at a young age, he could always see goals, so, like, the only thing that could, like, disconnect him from seeing goals and all that was doing drugs and and whatnot, so he came to the thing that's, like, I have to numb myself to numb my powers. For real, because seeing goals, period, I see goals, mm-hmm. and I'm normal, no powers, and I see them sporadically. And seeing the dead all the time and having them fucking talking to you would go drive anybody insane. And what about you, Daniel? What what makes um, Klaus your favorite? No, I, I got to go with, with, with what Ross is saying. But before I get into what I really love about him, in that episode, of, I think it's the final episode of season two, where you do see him bring Ben back. And it's really hard to write moments that hit you. But there's that connection where uh, Klaus is like, Oh, it's fine. You can go whenever you want. I'm an expert. Yeah. And he's like, you want to see me pee in dad's gas tank? And it's this little moment where it's it's two brothers who have done this before who are like, of course I want to are see Are you talking that. about when Ben died and he came back as yes, a kid? So yes. yeah, then I, that's when I realized, oh, ever since you've been seeing him and y'all been... You guys have been best friends, even though, and, and even when they fight. That's why I love Lapid, and it's like... That's why I love in the one scene in season two, I was like, when they were finally, I was like, you better have me a scene with somebody drive by and it's just see yes, fine with yes. them. And they do that, it's like... And as they you. fight, it's not big swings like Luther or Diego yeah. would do. It's like, oh, you son of a bitch, I fucking hate you. And just like um, the other scene when it was at the the bar, I was like, oh, he gonna try, he's going to use Ben to cheat, but Ben ain't going to do it. <laughs> That's like do it. Yeah. What I love about Klaus is he's a beautiful mess. Kind of like he says it, towards the end of season two, I'm hot trash. Yes, and, and I, think, I feel that in my soul. Exactly, and he has that Jack Sparrowness to him, especially in season two, like the carefree, dirty, like hippiest, like oh, whatever, man. <laughs> Love, peace, have a good time. We all die, but we don't, because I know, because mm-hmm. I see things. And, and what's even more great too on season two is the pure fact that he did not realize he created a cult, and not only does he create a cult, he named it Destiny's Children. <laughs> And then just use all types of 90s random lyrics as quotes to keep them good. And then he tattooed on his hand, uh, hello, goodbye. Well, and I, I got to say, yes, he's the he, he's one of my favorite characters. The rest of them also have so much to play in this show. Five is easily tied with Klaus for me. Were And... For me, it's value. I ain't gonna lie. And to, um, since we're getting the end to this segment, I'm gonna fe- uh, finish this off by talking about one of the children that we haven't talked much more about, and that's Allison. Oh my God. She has the, like, the ability to manipulate people's will and minds by saying, I heard a rumor. So she had a vocal cord slash. I thought she was killed, but she wasn't killed. But it killed a part of her, and she didn't feel like she was complete anymore. And what I love about her story arc in this season, just like. Watchmen that came out last year, which I find fascinating, this time and point right now that we're in, is that we have to look to superhero shows and things to, once again, shine the light on on how trash and how unfair America was for African-Americans and minorities in this country, historically, factually. Because once again, I've said it before, Time travel is all hee hee ha ha in theory, but once you go back to these days and these time periods, it's not fun if you look like me, Ross, or Daniel. And they go back in time to 1962, 63, to the 60s, some at different times, and of course, Allison is black. So now she has to deal with that aspect of her life. Because it's one thing to go through racism right now, but when you go back there when they couldn't, when they had no problem calling you a nigger to your face, where you can't eat here, you can't drink from here, you can't do this. Y'all know this is your business, but if I'm a white man and I want to come in and say something to you, you better open that door. And if you don't, you're dead. Or worse, we take everything from you. But that nigga, I'll take that back. That's nothing worse than death. 
So just seeing that brought back up and how prolific and how important it was to that story because she was trying to be a part of the civil rights movement with her husband, who was also on another one of our favorite shows, The Originals. That, bro, that dude is a great actor. I think he should play Brother Voodoo in the Doctor Strange movie, if I haven't said that already. You're absolutely right. He needs to be some character somewhere else. He needs to get his glow up. But just seeing that, once again, just reminds me, as a black man, especially during BLM and all this shit going on right now, like, yes, we're getting better, but we still have ways to go. And also, we have to respect those that came before us. So when... And that's one thing, too, like... This show opens people's minds, hearts to the plight. And I hope with that being said, and people watching this series, that they start to rethink about just how impactful that time was and also how long ago it was not. I'd like to point out, and I know you and I have talked about this plenty of times, but there's something beautiful beautiful about the fact of taking like a superhero show or a sci-fi show and adding in those real elements the same way Watchmen did. Yes. Because it educates people in a way that they weren't expecting but they can see now, you know? Oh, you connect with this character. Well, guess what? This character's about to go through a whole lot of racism and hate. And this is what I have in powers. How did you feel about Allison's arc this season, Ross? I'm gonna be honest. Allison's arc this season probably might have been my favorite arc this season. Uh, outside of the pure fact of the comedy scene of Luther and Diego's brotherhood, I forgot how great that there's two dumb brothers. Five. Olga for Olga. Uh, <laughs> you took like, one of ours, we're going to take one of yours. It means eye for eye. Oh, we're sorry. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes, as well as um, <clears throat> just the pure fact of them playing onto Luther and Alice's re- relationship yet again, and how much, like, how much they actually care for each other, but yet, due to the time span, how much one, how much they moved on with their lives, not noticing ever to reach out, even though they were just like a few miles away from each other, if they decide to reach out. That's probably the one great thing about this whole season, too. It's like, yeah, even though everybody came at different times, if they wanted to, they couldn't, like... If they would have reached out more than just those few months of them coming in, they could have found each other. Word. All right. So with that being said, that's gonna be the end of the of yo we kicking out. Now we, we about to yeah. So now we just go ahead into yo check it check it out. So this is where we recommend any movie, TV show, or whatever for those that have already watched Umbrella Academy. And I'm gonna start that off with a movie called. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Yes. Ooh, I, I heard yes. the books are way better. Of course they are. But the movie was amazing. But I love that movie. It was weird. It's awkward. And it's, once again, in that trope of a bunch of kids being in school or home, learning how to deal with their awkward abilities, but even weirder abilities. And it's also time trouble and that shit. And guess what? Samuel L. Jackson. So that's my pick. Ross, what about you? I'm be honest. It's not a group of superheroes or anything, but it is a group of awkward kids getting into defining themselves and having somebody help them become who they are. It's a new Disney original movie called Magic Camp, starring Adam Devine and Jillian Jacob, for those that don't know or that truly do know her. That's Britta from Community. And Adam Devine from Workaholics. And yeah. Pitch Perfect movies. Yeah. All right, Daniel, what about you? You got one to recommend? Uh, for me, it's going to be Misfits. Okay. It's, it's the BBC series. And if you mm. like Klaus, if you like Cassidy from Preacher, you need to watch Misfits. Oh, yeah, because he was the asshole. Yes, what he was, was. He, like, yeah. Multiple personalities. Like, okay. So you, you need to watch Misfits, BBC. It's either on Netflix or Hulu, but and find still a way to watch that. Yeah, it yeah. should yeah. still be yeah, watch And it. speaking of gorillas and sets, there's gorilla sets in it, but it's not bestiality because they cut away from them. <laughs> but it's a great show and young Klaus is just as much of who he is you know word so yeah guys that's a wrap um, as always thank you Daniel for being our editor of course and thank you for having me today to talk about Umbrella Academy of course why not it, brother. shit alright guys so that's gonna bring this to an end of Yo, Yo where the captures at that. the most ridiculously random pop culture podcast in the 719 and as always I'm Kelts for show. You know me, it's Roscoe. And just remember, guys, 
Be one or be nothing. Be kind, dog. Take care. We'll see you later. Later. Yep.